This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. I write about a small town on the Tom Bigby River in northeast Mississippi called Columbus. Today's title, The Murder of Wallace Stevens by Thomas Jefferson Locke. Lucian Wallace Stevens was born in Lowndes County in April of 1871. At the time of his death, he was a retail grocer in the present Rosenzweig Art Center building, and was married to Frances Linda Mood Stevens. They lived at 501 Fifth Avenue South with their three daughters, Frances, Josephine, and Virginia, in a two-story tidy home built in the 1880s, walking distance to his store. Stevens was active in several fraternal orders, as well as the local business league. Wallace's father, J.H. Stevens, was a respected leader and former city councilman. J.H. Stevens and his son, Wallace, co-owned the family's fancy grocery. Wallace's brother-in-law was W.S. Lindemood, the president of NBC Bank. The Stevenses were prominent members of then First Presbyterian Church of Columbus. Wallace's nemesis, for some unknown reason, was the wealthy grocery wholesaler Thomas J. Locke, Jr., Locke was born in 1893 in Artesia, Mississippi, to James and Carolyn Eccles Locke. James, originally from North Carolina, came to Artesia, Mississippi, somewhere between 1865 and 1870. In the 1870 census, Locke Sr. first appears on Mississippi records as a clerk in a store. By the 1880 census, Thomas Sr. is listed as married and a merchant, and Thomas Jr. is too. By 1900s, Thomas Sr. owns their home on 7th Street South and is a grocery merchant. Thomas Jr. is still listed as living at home at age 22. By 1910, Thomas Jr. is no longer listed in the household. His father is listed as being a former member of the Confederacy. In the 1930 census, Thomas Jr. is listed as living at 408 4th Street South what would later become known to locals as the Franklin Home, a large, opulently decorated, prairie-style craftsman house. He and his wife, Hortense, lived there with their daughter, Irene. On December 24th of 1927, Thomas Locke drove with his wife at midnight to Main Street to Stevens' store. His wife remained in the car while he went inside, allegedly to make a purchase and to try and bury the hatchet as, as he and, and Stevens had not been on speaking terms for several years. A quarrel ensued, and Stevens allegedly pulled a gun on Locke. So Locke pulled his gun out and shot Stevens right in the heart, killing him instantly. Two eyewitnesses, a Mr. and Mrs. Tyler Coward, refused to testify. Locke returned to his car, and he and his wife drove to the police station where he turned himself in. The following week, Stevens's funeral would be held at his home on 5th South, and he would be interred at Friendship Cemetery. Locke was well known in Columbus for more than being a well-to-do man. He was also known for his private zoo on the south side of town. It was the largest and perhaps most extensive private collection of exotic animals in the U.S. He had elk, ostriches, lions, zebras, and camels, and his zoo was free to the public every Sunday afternoon. He was much loved and respected in the community, 
So the murder of Stevens by Locke was shocking and scandalous. Locke remained behind bars, mostly because the district attorney died the next morning after the murder. No one could be appointed in his stead because the governor was out of pocket on a hunting trip along the Mississippi River. It is thought Burton Lincoln would be appointed as the new prosecutor. Locke, in the meantime, had hired a hotshot defense attorney, George T. Mitchell from Tupelo, to confer with Owen and Garnett, Locke's normal legal team. A trial was held in the late summer of 1928 and required a jury from a separate venue. Locke was found not guilty, and he, and he was found to be defending himself. Just days after Stevens's death, Locke's, uh, Stevens' wife filed a lawsuit suing Locke for $300,000 on behalf of her three minor daughters. Due to the not guilty verdict, the Locke suit was dismissed by the court. Did Locke get away with murder, as Mrs. Stevens believed? Why did he go to a grocery store late at night, armed? A grocery store where he and the proprietor had an incendiary relationship already. Was Stevens expecting trouble? Why were both of them armed Christmas Eve night? Why did the cowards refuse to give testimony? John Tyler Coward was a proprietor of the local Southern Cafe and had two small children at home at the time. Presumably, Locke supplied his business with restaurant supplies, just as he did the local grocery stores. Did Coward fear Locke, or was he afraid of being blackballed from future business? There are so many unanswered questions. Locke went on to live another eight years before dying at age 57 in September 9th of 1936. He, too, is buried at Friendship Cemetery, and his zoo is now just a memory. <laughs>